Thank you for checking out the Mercy Hill Church Sermon Podcast. If you would like to know more about Mercy Hill, you can visit us on the web at mercyhill.cc. I feel this morning the, the theme that keeps coming up over and over again is this theme of hope. And as we look into God's Word, we're going to find that this the subject matter for us to consider this morning is this, is a message of hope that Jesus is Emmanuel God with us this is a message that brings hope to us verse 18 reads this now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit and her husband Joseph being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, And you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from the sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife. But he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you this morning that you bring hope to us. Lord, that you meet us where we are. You fill our lives with your presence. You've not forgotten about your people. So this morning we pray that your word would would minister to us, would feed us, would satisfy us, would point us back to you again. God, help us to know and hear your voice speaking today. So, Lord, we want to glorify you and honor you in all things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you think about an awards ceremony where someone winning the award sends someone else a proxy on their behalf to accept an award, have you ever seen that before? The person couldn't make it, so they like did a video of them kind of accepting the award. It's just, there's something so disingenuous about that. Or maybe a sports team that gets invited to the White House, and some of the people on the team, they don't show up to the White House. I think what one of the greatest honors as an American would be to be invited to the White House to meet the president, right? And some of the team members, they don't show up, and they say things like, well, I had a family vacation, or I've been really busy, and you're just like, Really? <laughs> Like, that's just so, it just tells what you think about either the president or the government or whatever. Or even if you think about it, if you had a family get-together, right, and you sent someone else in your place to attend the family get-together, what would everyone in your family be thinking about you, right? They would say a whole lot, not only about who you were, but what you thought about your own family, right? Well, We're introduced in this passage, number one, to Almighty God. 
and the kind of God that he is. When we think about God and his work of redemption and redeeming his people and saving his people, he didn't send an angel in his, or some created being to come and redeem his people. He came himself. He came himself. Now, it would have said a lot about who God was and what he was like if he didn't come himself to redeem his own people, but sent someone else to do it in his place. Maybe an angel or a really, really good human or something like that. He didn't do any of that. He came himself. He came to redeem his people. Emmanuel, God with us. He came to be amongst his people. It's a beautiful thing. And in this passage, we're introduced to Jesus Christ. And this passage gives us two names of Jesus. The first one is the angel tells Joseph, look, his name will be Jesus. This child that Mary's carrying by the Holy Spirit will be named Jesus. Then in a sense, Matthew kind of cuts away for a second and says, look, I'm going to interject something quickly. All right, this is to uh, fulfill what the prophet Isaiah has written in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, that the virgin will conceive and give birth and that you will call his name Emmanuel. There's two names of, of Jesus that we see here, Jesus and Emmanuel. But we don't have any recording of anyone ever calling Jesus Emmanuel. There's no passage in Scripture where the disciples are gathering around Jesus and they call him Emmanuel or other people are calling him Emmanuel. So this is a passage where it talks about the name given to Jesus that's not used by anyone except in this passage because he's trying to convey something of the very nature and character of who Jesus is. Just like you would say, Bill Freitag's a father, right? His name's Bill, we call him Bill, but he is a father, that's who he is. In the same way, as we look at Jesus and who he is, the defining characteristic for, for who Jesus is, Matthew's interjecting, saying, look, this is to fulfill this very thing that he is Emmanuel, God with us. This is the defining characteristic of, of what I want you to know about what Jesus is going to be doing. He's going to be dwelling amongst his people. He is God Almighty. He is Emmanuel, God with us. And I believe this understanding of Jesus as Emmanuel brings hope to us today. It brings hope to a weary people. It brings hope to a people who have been used and accustomed to other people sending things in their own place. Hey, it'd be easier to send someone else in my place to do the dirty work. I'll hire someone to do that job. But yet God himself comes to comfort his people. He is Emmanuel. So I believe this, the name Emmanuel, God with us, it brings comfort to us, it brings hope to us, but it also carries with it a sense of responsibility. We'll get to that in a little bit. To my knowledge, there isn't any other religion on the face of the earth whose God has come to redeem and dwell amongst his people himself. The other religions of this world, there's prophets, there's holy people, there's, there's all these other religions that present this God who's distant but he's not dwelling amongst his people, saving his people, coming himself to redeem his own people. Christianity is unique in this way. 
This brings hope to us. This is what I mean. Five years ago, when our son Nicholas was born, and I think I've probably told a few of you this story before. When our son Nicholas was born, he's born a healthy baby, he's full head of hair, got like a faux hawk going right from the very beginning, the cutest kid in the world. And we were sitting and we're, Michelle's sister and um, brother-in-law are with us in the hospital room. This is shortly after the birth. And Michelle's sister looks down and looks at Nicholas and she sees that Nicholas is, is like turning blue. She's like, your baby's turning blue. And we're like, what do you, you know, we look, we call the nurse and the nurse, she's like, he's quit breathing. She grabs the baby. She flies out of the room, goes down to the, the, the NICU at the end of the hallway and they begin to monitor him, give him oxygen. There's all kinds of stuff going on with him. We didn't know what was going on. They, and we, we went to the doctor and said, you know, what is going on here? And we, said, we, we don't know why, but he's not able to, in a sense, breathe on his own at this moment. And his oxygen levels have just plummeted. So we need to put an oxygen mask on him. We need to monitor him. We need to put heat lamps on him. I mean, just all kinds of stuff. But in a sense, we're going to put him in this room and it, he's going to be like under this, this kind of oxygen dome and you won't be able to pick him up or hold him or, or anything like that. And it was just, it was devastating. And in this moment, the doctors offered us no hope. And so the next day as we're talking to the doctor, he said, look, I don't know what's going on with your child, but we're, we're going to have to um, take him and bring him to Children's Memorial Hospital because they have more extensive uh, NICU over there. And so he's going to need some real serious attention. And so what does this mean for us? He said, well, he's probably going to be at least two weeks in the hospital, at least. And so he's going to have to be under these, you know, this oxygen dome and this mask on him and all these, you know, these things all hooked up to him. And it was just, it was awful. And so we, at the time, this was five years ago, we were still at Living Word Church. We just called the church to pray. And from that time on, there was a people of God who arose to pray and to visit and to call and to, to come by. And there was such a hope that was brought knowing that we weren't alone in this. The, the, the mere fact that people were standing with us, visiting us, but also going to the throne room of God in prayer with us brought immediate hope to the situation. We weren't alone in this thing. There was somebody standing with us, praying with us, comforting us, watching over us, helping us. In, 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 our, in probably some of those lowest points in our lives, we think there were people standing with us. And the amazing thing was, as we begin to pray, just the very next day after that, when, when he probably should have been taken to the, the Children's Memorial Hospital and, and all sorts of stuff, the doctor came up to him and said, there's been a complete and drastic change in your, your child's situation. And actually, the, the levels are up, he's breathing fine, and we're going to release him to you this afternoon. I mean, it was a miracle. But the fact was that we had people standing with us. In the same way, Jesus is Emmanuel. He is with us. He is standing alongside us. He is caring and comforting us. He is watching over us. This is the beautiful thing about our God, that He is Emmanuel, God with us. Now, as I think about God being with and amongst His people, I want to look at a few passages in the chapter of, or in the Gospel of Luke, because it wouldn't be quite a sermon at Mercy Hill if we didn't have Luke in it. So we're going to have to go back to Luke. 
and want to look at this morning who Jesus came to be with. Who Jesus came to be with. We're going to start in Luke chapter 4. A few years ago, when the presidential campaign was, was, was going on, and there was a family in Munster who hosted, I think it was Joe Biden. And Joe Biden came to a family in Munster's house, and they had like a big banquet for him. And the cost to get into the banquet or to participate in the banquet was about $1,000 a plate. So for $1,000, you can come and have dinner with Joe Biden. And then obviously it didn't go to the family. It went to the campaign of, of uh, Biden and um, the president, Barack Obama. And I thought, that's just the way we operate, right? When we're running for office or there's something important that we need to do, we surround ourselves with the rich and the powerful and those who've got the right connections and can do the, the right things for us. And so he didn't go and have a, have a meal at McDonald's with just the people at McDonald's, right? He went to the people who could pay $1,000 a plate to hang out with them. He didn't go to the Arby's down the street. He went to the, the, the place where there's only a select few could go and everyone else had to stay out. That's not what Jesus did. That's not who Jesus came to be with. Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19 reads this. And this is Jesus giving his inaugural sermon, preaching the word of God to the people. And he says this in verse 18 of Luke chapter 4. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news To the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Who did Jesus come particularly to be with? It's those who've been beaten down. Those who've been dismissed, those who've been forgotten about, those who've been pushed far away, those are the very people whom Jesus has come to be with. Luke chapter 5, verse 32, we read this. Jesus again, talking about why he was here and what he's come to do, and we're going to talk more about that next week. But in verse 32, we read this, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. To repentance. Here he is. Those who are trapped in sin. He is Emmanuel. Luke chapter 19. We're going to read in verse 10. Luke chapter 19 verse 10. We read this. For the Son of Man, Jesus, has come to seek and save the lost. For those who have no idea where to go or what to do, he is Emmanuel. He's come to seek and save the lost. I remember when I was seven years old or so, uh, we had, we'd take my, we had, my cousins would come out to visit us in the summertime and we'd drive them back to Pennsylvania at the end of the summer. And on the way back, my dad and I, we stopped at McDonald's and um, seven years old, and I was going up to get some chicken nuggets or something like that. I can't remember what it was. But as I was walking back to my seat, 
we were like in Elkhart or somewhere kind of in the middle of Indiana. And I was walking back to my seat. I, there was a group of kids who were sitting at a table. And as I walked past, they said to me, or this girl said, I can't remember how it went, but she said something along the lines of, she said, God, is that kid ugly? And at a seven-year-old kid, it just stung, and it hurt. And I think for a lot of my, a lot of my childhood years, that like phrase that what that girl said, it stuck with me. And really to the point where, you know, when I think about my childhood and even just like who I was as a person, that voice would always come back to mind: "You're ugly." And when I think about that, what that little seven-year-old kid needed to hear wasn't, don't worry, you're not ugly. Oh, don't worry, you're, those kids are probably ugly too. You know, what I needed to hear was, Jesus is Emmanuel. He is with you. It doesn't matter what people think. It doesn't matter how you look. It doesn't matter how broken you are. Jesus is Emmanuel. And you know who he's come particularly to be with? The broken. The forgotten. The lost. The hurt. He is Emmanuel. It's for the little seven-year-old kid who is broken inside. It's for the adult who doesn't know where to go. It's for the, the, the dad trapped in sin. For the mom who feels lonely, he is Emmanuel, God with us. We need to understand this truth because this brings hope. We're not alone. God is with us. He is Emmanuel. We live in the very presence of God all the time. And especially this time of year, as we think about these, this, these pictures of Hallmark cards with this perfectly laid out table of food, this warm house with a fire going, people gathered around. We get these pictures and expectations that life is going to be full and happy and we're going to be satisfied by all these other things that the world would say, this is where happiness and hope in life, these are where they, they're found in these things. And if you've ever had a family get-together where things didn't quite work out the way they should have. I remember one Thanksgiving where I had two cousins who argued over the Iraq war for an hour as everyone sat on trying to eat their food angry because they wouldn't shut up. It was like, really? We spent Thanksgiving arguing over the Iraq war? It wasn't the way you think it should go. Or for the mom who spent three days cooking a meal laying her life down, preparing everything, and you sit down to eat, and within 15 minutes, it is gone. And people have no idea what just happened, right? And you're like, I spent three days, so you can, you can just shovel the food in your mouth, and then lay back, and then you have to end up, you know, someone else cleans up the dishes, right? And I got to clean it up after I prepared it for three days. It doesn't always pan out the way we thought. But those things were never meant to satisfy us. Those things were never meant to bring hope. 
Those things were never designed to bring life to us. It is only found in Jesus. It's only found in Emmanuel, God with us. That's where that is found. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. But this this hope that Jesus Christ brings to us because he is dwelling amongst his people, this hope that he brings isn't just for our own hope in our own selves, that we can keep it to ourselves. I believe that this also brings with it a sense of responsibility. And so I believe this passage not only brings hope to us, but it brings a bit of instruction as well. And the question I want to ask is, how does God bring his presence to people? How does God bring his presence to people? Well, sometimes God brings his presence where we're either just praying with someone or here at church, and just for a moment, we sense God's presence. God is in the house. God is here with us. Or maybe you're praying, reading your word of God, and you just feel like, man, for a moment, I just sense God's presence. And it's as if God pulls back the veil for just a moment, and we experience God's presence. That happens sometimes. And glory be to God when it does. See, we are, we are always in the presence of God. God isn't one place and not another. God is everywhere. And so we can become more or less aware of his presence, but it's not as if we can go somewhere and God's not there. Wherever we go, God's already been there. And when we leave, he'll still be there. It's just we can become more or less aware of his presence. But God also uses his people to bring his presence into situations. God uses his people. 1 Peter 2.9 reads this, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. 1 Corinthians 6.18 reads this, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? It's God dwelling amongst his people, in his people. So what does this mean for us? What does this mean for us? It means we approach every situation with eyes wide open. I was talking to um, I was talking to Chip Bevan this week, and he said he wants to go into every situation praying and realizing that God has a purpose in every everywhere he goes. Work, to meet with somebody, church, his home with his family or his, his grandkids, wherever he goes. He wants to approach this with an understanding that God has got a a purpose in this and that God is going to use him and use us to accomplish his means. That no matter wherever we go, we come with eyes wide open realizing that we bring the very presence of God wherever we go. No matter what we do, no matter where we go, God is with us. And God has given us opportunities every single day and especially this time of year especially this time of year. We've got family get-togethers. We've got work parties. There's all kinds of situations and scenarios for us to bring the very presence and hope of Almighty God into the places where we go. He is Emmanuel, God with us. And what I love about Matthew's gospel is this. 
that Matthew's gospel ends the way that it began. So we read in Matthew chapter 8, the last chapter, in verse 20, the last verse of Matthew's gospel, what do we read that Jesus says? It's the Great Commission, right? Sending the people out to make disciples, who make disciples, to bring the good news of Jesus Christ. And then he finishes with this, right? He says, Behold, I am what? I'm with you. I am Emmanuel, always, to the end of the age. The book closes as it began, God with his people. And I love this because it's, it's tied to this commissioning of his people. That this hope that we have within us, that Jesus Christ brings to us, isn't just for our own good, although it is for our own good. is isn't just for our own comfort, which it brings us comfort. is isn't just for our own hope, although it brings us hope. This, this reality of who God is, of dwelling amongst his people and in his people, is tied to a responsibility. And that's to bring that presence wherever we go. That we would be the people of Emmanuel, God with us. It's a commissioning that we have from God. It's a commissioning that our family family gatherings, at our work parties, at work, at home, with our children, hanging out with the guys, we bring the presence of God wherever we go. He is Emmanuel. God with us. I want to pray as we close that we would grasp this and begin to live this out. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. That wherever we go in these next few weeks, that we would be aware of his presence. That we would be aware of the commission that God has given to us, that the hope that we have in Jesus Christ would be brought to wherever we go. That every party, every workplace, every home, every, everything that we do would be bathed in this understanding that God is with his people. And he's with his people for a purpose. We'll talk about that next week. So let us pray. We're going we're gonna to finish with communion. Because that is the reminder to us that God is with us, that He is alive. He's dwelling amongst His people. But I'm going to pray that God would, would root this down into our hearts, that we would not forget this truth, that He is Emmanuel, God with us. So Lord, we close this morning with the incredible hope that we have in You, that You are with Your people. You are with those who are broken and pushed away and forgotten about you are with those who have great needs you're with those who have been marginalized and beaten down and addicted trapped and lost and lord we pray this morning that that hope would spring new life in us And Lord, I pray as well that as we go forth from this place, we would go forth with the understanding that that hope, that good news, that life carries with it a responsibility. Lord, that we would be the people, your people, 
to bring hope to others. That we would stand with those who are hurting. We put our arms around those who are broken, knowing that we ourselves need hope. So Lord, we pray for that this morning. God, help us. Give us wisdom. Let us look forward these next few weeks with the anticipation that you are going to be amongst us and we're going to be aware of these things and we are going to bring the hope that you bring to the people around us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.